are listening to Have You Ever Heard Of? A history podcast. You can support us by following us on Patreon, Twitter and Instagram at Have You Ever Pod. Hey Katie. How's it going? Not bad. How are you? I'm alright, yeah. It's do you remember like a month ago when we were like, oh man, it's so hot. Why is it so hot? <laughs> and yeah. now it's just winter. This is how British weather works. Yeah. It's like summer and then winter. There's Instant. no autumn. Yeah, yeah. Just the, <laughs> the just the air changes from yeah. sweltering and like a bit muggy to just cold. Like we've just turned into Russia. My nose has changed from, from like, hay fever nose to just, like, cold weather nose. So it's just, like... See, I've still got hay fever nose. That's just because this house is really dusty and I'm allergic to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, once you've been there a bit longer, you'll get, like, new paint and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It'll be... It's when it gets spruced. (laughs) Yeah. You need to start room by room. (laughs) That one you're in right now is still pink. Yeah, it's still pink. <laughs> it's very pink. Though Charlotte's it's coming around pink. to the pink now, so maybe it'll remain maybe pink. It'll stay pink. Yeah. Or she'll just re- or she'll just repaint it another shade of pink, which I mean to me doesn't seem worth it. But I like pink. It's one of my favorite colors. Though I don't think I'd have a whole room. Yeah. Pink. I mean, I think, I can't remember if I've mentioned it before, but the room next door is a Star Wars room and I am still not on board with changing it. But... No. So the wheels are in motion now, I can't stop it. I don't get a... <laughs> I, you never really get a say, do you? <laughs> as a, you don't. As a guy. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So, shall we continue our chat about Mick Foley? Let's do it. So, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, actually, it's two weeks ago now. Um, if the last episode, go back, pause this one, go back, listen to the last one, because this is two part, two parter, two parter, <laughs> about Mick Foley and his career in wrestling, and a little bit about his personal life, which will come to you at the end of this episode. So, when we paused, we paused. Like at the end of 1999, when Foley had taken his own break um, from wrestling because of an injury. So, in August of 1999, Foley returned from his three-month absence after recovering, and he resumed his feud with Triple H. Epic feud. Epic. On an episode of Raw, Mankind, which is one of Foley's alters <laughs> that's not really the right word personalities drew with uh triple h in a match for the number one contender for the wwe championship basically so they were like drawing for the championship which resulted in a triple threat match between stone cold steve austin triple h and mankind oh, at the summer slam for that, the title that truly was the heyday of wrestling i mean Th- this just sounds like just if i had a time machine yeah I would go back and not be 10 years old <laughs> when this happened. 
So Foley won the WWE Championship for the third time at the SummerSlam, pinning the reigning champion, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The next night on Raw, Triple H defeated Mankind to win his first WWE Championship. So he didn't keep it very long that time, only one day. (laughs) Um, A feud then developed between Mankind and the Triple H like regime, which is like the McMahons and Helmsleys kind of together. I think that's probably my favourite era. Yeah, it's a really, really good era. End of 90s, beginning of 2000s. So this era included Triple H defeating Mankind in a ballroom brawl. It was around the time that Foley started to realise he was going to have to retire soon. In addition to the massive physical toll that had his body had taken, he also started to develop like cognitive problems, such as forgetting simple bodily motions and trouble remembering how to write and spell basic words. I say that, he does not retire for a long no. time. So, <laughs> so even though he started to realise he should probably <laughs> retire, he doesn't actually put that plan in motion for quite a while. So, so actually, once you're hooked, you're hooked. It's hard to step away from wrestling. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and playing or watching. So Foley's last match was supposed to be a tag team match with Al Snow in November of 99. But with WWE having to go on with the absence of one of their biggest stars, and that's Steve Austin at the time, because he actually was out with a broken neck. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that, yeah. He did the fake um, car, being hit by a car, that whole, like, fake... Um... Yeah, exactly. So he had to create some sort of storyline to cover it. Um, But Foley felt like he couldn't disappear at that time um, because of Stone Cold being out, even though The Rock was kind of coming up in popularity. It still needed to maintain some sort of normality for the fans. So Foley, even poor condition, decided he would go on for a few more months until Austin returned. And this is when he continued his feud with Triple H throughout this time. So... He was supposed to have the last ballroom brawl match with Santa Claus. <laughs> he ended up being attacked by the Mean Street Posse, Billy Gunn, and Road Dog, all dressed up as Santa Claus. And I just love this story. The Mean Street Posse. <laughs> the Mean so, Street Posse. They were so funny. <laughs> the greatest job of all time. <laughs> Mankind defeated all three of these Santa Clauses <laughs> until Triple H appeared as the sixth Santa Claus and brought down Mankind, escaping the boiler room and winning as Santa Claus. On the 27th of December 1999, episode of Raw, Mick Foley and The Rock had a pink slip on a pole match where whoever was the first to grab the pink slip first stayed in WWFE. <laughs> F-E, whichever one you're calling it this time. I'm still calling it F because yeah. it's still F, but, you know, at some point it will change to E. With the loser having to leave, which Mick Foley lost. So Foley then showed up as Mankind um, on the 13th of January 2000. So we're into the 2000s on an edition of SmackDown and then revealed reverted to his Cactus Jack persona in front of the crowd to promote Cactus Jack facing Triple H for the WWF Championship Royal Rumble in a street fight. This feud culminated with a rematch of the No Way Out of a Hell Cell match where 
there were stipulations held that Cactus Jack would not use any foreign metal objects <laughs> <laughs> that he used in the Royal Rumble. And if he did not win the title, Foley had to retire from wrestling. So they kind of had this storyline to allow his retirement yeah, to happen. Yeah. During the match, they had made their way to the top of the cell and Cactus was preparing to power drive Triple H onto a barbed wire, like two by four, which was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Barbie. But Triple H reversed it into a backdrop, <laughs> causing the cage to give way, and Cactus fell through the canvas. Again. Yeah. He loves to fall off a cell. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the best faller in all of WWE history. Triple H then pinned an exhausted Cactus on a three count, winning the match, and apparently Freddy's career was over. Yeah, that's the end of the podcast. No. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Foley left for a few weeks but returned at the crest of Linda McMahon to wrestle for the title by replacing Chris Jericho's spot at the main event of Wrestlemania 2000 what a Wrestlemania that was a great Wrestlemania <laughs> against Triple H The Rock and Big Show Triple H won and Foley did not wrestle again for four years did you know that? Very you great, you? <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's talk about the gap between 2000 and 2004. So after retiring from active competition, Foley served as a storyline for the WWF commissioner under his real name, McFoley, <laughs> rather than his personas. Foley has said that he intended for the commissioner Foley character to be like a role model for nerds. <laughs> That's an actual <laughs> quote. Like cracking lame jokes and not attempting to be like tough or scary. He left the position at the end of 2000 after being quote-unquote fired on screen by McMahon, during which he received a brutal beatdown. Foley made a surprise return on Raw just before WrestleMania 17 and announced that he would be a special guest referee between Vince McMahon and Shane, his son, at WrestleMania. So after WrestleMania, Foley made sporadic appearances on WWF programming. For example, he returned as commissioner in October 2001. During this brief tenure, Foley had the opportunity to shoot on the WWF's direction and how basically dissatisfied he was with it, saying that there were far too many championships in the company. He booked unification matches before the final pay-per-view of the storyline Survivor Series. After the Survivor Series, he ended the commissionership and Vince McMahon's request and left the company. See, I don't ever agree with them. I liked it when there's more championships. It helps elevate like lower wrestlers, I think. But I don't know. Some I, I get a bit like I used to get very confused with as a young person, yeah. as a, like a teen, with like what was going on with all the different like who's winning what and yeah, when yeah. and how many there are and it's like why are there so many like <laughs> it's just gonna be but then i guess that's it keeps the storyline going yeah yeah and without them the storyline would be less exciting yeah exactly it's it really like a focal just point for a feud kind of a soap really yeah it? exactly that's what it is it's just a soap for but with fighting yeah exactly and punching and falling Which off makes things. it okay. totally acceptable <laughs> So what's happening in 2000-2005? Now we're going to talk about the Ring of Honor. So on 11th of September 2004, Foley made his debut for the Ring of Honor and cut a promo praising Ring of Honor and referring to it as the Ring of Hardcore, thus <laughs> establishing himself as a face for the Ring of Honor. 
On uh, the 15th of October, Foley returned to Ring of Honor where he confronted Ricky Steamboat, who claimed that traditional wrestling was better than hardcore wrestling, <laughs> which I'm sure Foley would disagree with. Uh, in November, Foley teased a heel turn when he called Ring of Honor champion Samoa Joe Softcore. <laughs> um, in December at Ring of Honor's final battle event Foley returned and had his final confrontation with Risk Steamboat where the two made peace in January 2005 Foley did turn heel after being confronted by Samoa Joe and hit Joe over the head with a steel chair <laughs> Samoa Joe is such a cool wrestler in February they resumed their feud um, and they had a kind of like back and forth for a while like i said in the last episode i'm not gonna recount every single <laughs> fight because it would just be the longest thing ever in july of the same year Foley returned to ring of honor as a face confronting the current champion cm punk who had turned heel and mocked ring of honor at the championship he had after he had signed with wwe and threatened to take the title with him to WWE. And yes, we are now WWE <laughs> instead of WWF. Oh, speaking of CM Punk, have you heard about all this furore? So basically, he's joined I'm a new not. company like AEW and they had like a press conference and he just kind of like went off on loads of like his co workers basically. Oh, no. And everyone's trying what, to work like, out if it's like WWE co workers. No, like AEW. Like, oh, AEW. Nuke, like, so basically, he just trashed the company. Oh, and then we've been like trying to figure out whether or not it's like a shoot like, or a work or like, but it seems like it was all real and like it's Is just it real or the so storyline? It basically yeah. the egos in that company just completely out of control and the control company's just falling apart. Yeah, I'm not thanks to not CM surprised Punk. to be honest. Like, yeah, CM Punk has always been a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so Foley at that time acted as a direct Ryan to Vince McMahon, attempted to convince Punk to defend his title one last time on McMahon's orders before departing for Ring of Honor. On 20th of August, Foley returned to Ring of Honor again as a face to rescue Jade Chung from Prince Nana. I don't know that story. No. Foley made his final regular appearance with Ring of Honor on the 17th of September when he was in AJ Styles' corner in a match against the embassy member Jimmy Rave, which Styles won. Afterwards, Foley spoke pretty highly of Ring of Honor. So, seems like a nice couple of years. I mean, like, it did produce year or so. incredible wrestlers. I mean, like, seems like a but he's a good wrestler. AJ Styles, he's a great wrestler. Samoa Joe, probably my favourite wrestlers at the moment. <laughs> Top company. Cool. So we're going to talk about his kind of return to WWE now, between, like, 2003 to 2008, kind of time. And he had, like, various feuds over this time. I'm not going to go over every single thing, but I'll touch on, like... Each one kind of in time. Yeah, some some great feuds. (laughs) So, in June of 2003, um, he returned to WWE to referee a Hell in a Cell match between Triple H and Kevin Nash at Bad Blood. In June, during a Raw broadcast in Madison Square Gardens, he was honoured for his achievements in the ring and presented with the retired WWE Hardcore Championship belt. The evening ended with the photo taking a beating and being kicked down a flight of stairs by Randy Orton and Ric Flair. <laughs> so what a night for that him. That was a good feed. 
<laughs> so basically, at this point is when he became like the guy to kind of elevate the, like the next stars. Like if you had a yeah. match with Mick Foley, it means you were like on your way to the big time. Mm, yeah, which seems like I don't know. It makes him like I don't know what the word for it is like. Um, like the daddy. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, this was like, like basically, the father of WWE yeah. at this point. <laughs> if you're going to have a match with him, then it's going to be like memorable. There's yeah. going to be some crazy stuff that happens in it. And then people are going to remember that forever. Like that Randy Orton. For sure. The Randy Orton Mick Foley match was really good. <laughs> Google it, everyone. <laughs> you can actually get some stuff on YouTube. If you just YouTube like Mick Foley, Randy Orton, I'm yeah. sure you'll find it. You might so even have to get it on the WWE Network because there's a free, there is free there content are free, on there. Yeah, there's free content on there so for sure. And there. sometimes they put up like, randomly they'll put up free content that yeah. hasn't been free before. So you should just keep checking that out. Uh, in December 2003, Foley returned to replace Stove Cold Steve Austin as co-general manager of Raw. He soon grew tired of the day-to-day travel and left his full-time duties to write and spend time with his family. Oh, so, fair. in 2004, Foley returned briefly to wrestling, competing in the Royal Rumble and eliminating both Orton and himself with his trademark <laughs> Cactus Jack clothesline. He and The Rock reunited as well for the Rock and Sock connection, as we mentioned in the last episode, but lost a handicap match uh, to Evolution at WrestleMania 20. Foley appeared as a color commentator on WWE's ECW One Night Stand, which aired on the 12th of June 2005, and subsequently renewed his contract with WWE. So this is when he kind of returns for a bit. (laughs) Uh, Foley returned in 2005 in a match where fans were able to vote on which persona he would appear as. So Mankind, Dude Love, or Cactus Jack against Carlito and Taboo Tuesday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fans voted for Mankind, your favourite, right? Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> he went on to win the match. I was surprised, though. I thought Cactus Jack was going to win that vote. I was glad it was Mankind, but... yeah, I, I would have voted for Cactus Jack. It's my favourite. <laughs> yeah, Mankind went on to win the match, and this is the last time that Foley ever wrestled as Mankind. Was it? 2005, oh, yeah. wow. On the 16th of February, 2006, episode of Raw, Foley returned as referee for WWE championship match between Edge and John Sarah. Edge man mm. his feud with Edge <laughs> was absolutely fucking epic Edge is still around right yeah yeah he came back yeah. recently after breaking his neck oh god people just need to stop breaking their necks <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean like it's a really essential part of your body <laughs> uh, after Cena won Edge attacked Foley and the following week Foley um, who from now on would wrestle as Cactus Jack, basically. Yeah. Um, but all under his own name. Uh, challenged Edge to a hardcore match at WrestleMania 22. Mm, that match. That <laughs> yeah. match is incredible. It, it was intensely brutal, heavily bloodied, and it didn't Edge get like thumbtacks all over him? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. There's like a flaming um, table. There's like so many spots yeah. in that match. It's just, oh, it's just incredible. Such a good but match. But Edge ended up winning that yeah. match as well exactly elevated to the big time <laughs> yeah really it did it yeah. did um so Foley then engaged the storyline with rick flair inspired by actual real animosity between them apparently oh yeah yeah um 
To spark the feud, Flair called Foley a glorified stuntman. Yeah. And Foley called Flair a washed up piece of crap (laughs) and challenged him to a match. (laughs) The result was a two out of three falls match at Vengeance, where Flair beat Foley in two straight falls. The two of them wrestled an intensely blue to and Brody I quit hardcore match at the SummerSlam in which Flair, who was covered in blood, thumbtacks and cuts from barbed wire, won the match when he forced Foley to quit by threatening Melina with a barbed wire Oh bat. yeah! I remember that match. Oh man. That was great. What, what a like, time to be alive. <laughs> Rick Flair was great. He's a great like technical wrestler, but he could do hardcore. Like He used to bleed like crazy like, he used to do mental blade jobs <laughs> he would play, like when he you would see blood so now yeah. it's pretty shocking like yeah. that amount of blood but back then there were some hardcore wrestlers who just like loved being covered in blood especially because he has really like really <laughs> light hair so his hair just goes red <laughs> it's oh yeah he looks so good bleeding <laughs> <laughs> We'll try and get a picture up. Um, on the 21st of August episode of Raw, Foley kissed Vince McMahon's buttocks as part of McMahon's Kiss My Ass Club gimmick <laughs> after he threatened to follow Mil- fire Melina. Shortly thereafter, Melina tra- betrayed Foley and announced that he was fired. So, seven months later, Foley returned to Raw as a face. Uh, this is on the 5th of March, 2007, with a storyline that uh, that he tricked Vince McMahon into giving him his job back. Foley debuted as a color commentator SmackDown along, alongside Michael Cole at Backlash in 2008. In August, the 1st of August, in on, in SmackDown, Foley was uh, attacked by Edge during a promo for his SummerSlam match against The Undertaker. Foley had to sit out the SmackDown the next week to recover from those injuries. <laughs> So that was a pretty hardcore one. <laughs> Foley told Long Island Press Pro Wrestling columnist Josh Stewart in August 2008 that creatively the announcing job wasn't working out too well. He expanded with Dave Meltzer on the Observer radio show um, that the environment was creatively frustrating. Mm. Foley allowed his contract with WWE to expire on the 1st of September 2008 and quietly left the company. So basically, you're commentating in the Vince McMahon era. Like Vince would just be in their ears and just like scream at them, tell them to like say stuff. So you just yeah. can't, you have like no freedom. Exactly. I think that's what he was going for, Foley. Like, I think he wanted the freedom to yeah. be creative because he is a creative guy. Yeah. That's yeah. what we'll talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're doing 2008 to 2011 now. So, on the 3rd of September 2008, Foley's agency, which was called Gillespie Talent, I think, issued a press release that stated Foley had signed a short-term deal with total non-stop action wrestling. See, this, like, this era gets kind of, like, pans, like, his, like, his time in TNA, but I thought it was brilliant. Like, his title run is great, but yeah. I'm not going to talk about it for super long, but I will talk about it now. So Foley claimed in a statement to be very excited about the specifics of the agreement and the potential it holds. Quote, "Uh, Foley made his TNA, that's Total Mm Non-Stop Action Wrestling, um, debut on the 5th of September at TNA House Show, giving him a short speech about how much he loved it. And he was also in, which he also kind of belittled WWE a bit. 
The official TNA wrestling website featured an image of a smiley face with a variation of Foley's catchphrase, <laughs> have a nice day. And before no surrender, have a nice Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> On the 18th of September 2008 edition of Impact, exclamation point, <laughs> Foley made his first televised appearance for TNA. Two weeks later, he made his first full de- television debut in a promo making comments about WWE's roster, Vince McMahon and Kurt Angle. Later on Impact, Foley said goodbye, but then was approached by Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett? Jarrett? Yeah, Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. On the 23rd of October episode of Impact, Foley announced he was now the co-owner of TNA, along with Jarrett, just after Kurt Angle head-butted him. <laughs> Um, obviously, he's not actually the co-owner of TNA. Yeah, yeah. Storyline only. Key Storyline. But just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> on the 19th of April 2009, at lockdown, he defeated Sting to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. See, this is his it. first ever championship in TNA and his fourth world title overall. So he was great. He's, he was so fun as champion. So basically, he kept like... They kept like like uh, like kind of like showing these video packages of him just wandering around his like normal life with his title belt everywhere he went, just going <laughs> to like cool. shops and stuff and being like, oh, I see <laughs> yes. you clocking the title there. Yeah, like, it's great just going around the airport like just doing like getting his car washed. How much washed. would you love to bump into McFoley so at a car good. wash just wearing his like belt? Just oh having it on I think I'd die. So like, if I was it. a champion, if I won a belt for something, I would do that just all the time anywhere I went, just have it on my shoulder like. <laughs> well, I know I'm wearing you for Christmas. <laughs> um, okay, so Mick didn't actually lose the championship, but Sting became the new leader of the main event mafia um, by pinning Kurt Angle at Sacrifice. He lost the title to Kurt Angle in the King of the Mountain match in Slam at Slammiversary. Slammiversary, oh, which so is a great name for a pay per view. So I mean, like, you got to give it to them. Like. <laughs> Slammiversary. He received a rematch at Victory Road commenting that he only had submitted once in his whole career and swore he would never do it again. He lost the match when Kurt Angle forced him to submit again with the ankle lock. On the 13th of July 2009, in the 200th episode of Impact, Foley won the TNA Legends Championship. Oh yeah, the Legends Championship. TNA's heyday was great. I miss but it. <laughs> it was a short <laughs> Um, at Hard Justice, Nash defeated Foley again to regain the title following his interference from Tracy Brooks. Between 2009 and 2011, Foley had various stories, storylines in the TNA, and I, like I said, I'm not going to go over all of them. One fact I do like is that in 2010, Foley was taken off television due to him being on his way to exceeding the maximum number of dates per year on his mm, contract, yeah. and had like because he was doing it too like higher pace so yeah. he was like mm, we need to like <laughs> calm it down fully yeah if you're gonna put the title belt on them then they're obviously gonna run out of days pretty quickly <laughs> On the 23rd of May 2010, Foley had expressed frustration with TNA so that he did not plan to renew his contract with the promotion once it expired in the autumn of 2011. He made a joke on Twitter comparing his empty arena match with The Rock to a TNA house show. (laughs) So we we mentioned the empty arena match in the last episode, but... Yeah, that's a bit harsh. On the following edition of Impact Wrestling on the 2nd of June, Hulk Hogan announced that Foley had been fired as the network executive. Hulk Hogan! Yeah. 
They all showed up in TNA. All of them, all the legends. They showed up for a second. <laughs> this was done basically to write Foley out of the storyline. He had been asked to be released from his contract. His departure from the promotion was confirmed on the 5th of June, 2011. So, we're going to do 2011 to present in cool. terms of WWE. So, um, Foley returned to the WWE at a house show in Dublin. I like the way, sorry, my notes put Ireland, but obviously I don't need to know that it's Ireland. <laughs> I was thinking for our like international <laughs> listeners, if you don't know in Dublin, it's in Ireland. <laughs> he, he actually was on like a UK comedy tour at the time, but he took a break to like oh, do this yeah. thing. Oh yeah, I did stand up for a bit. <laughs> I would see that. I would watch the shit out of that yeah. stand up. <laughs> when Regal does like one a one man show, is kind of stand up, but also storytelling. I really want to go to that. I bet he's got some great stories. Well, I know he's got some great stories. He's got some great stories. <laughs> <laughs> cool, apparently he has great stories, everyone. Okay, so on the 2nd of November 2011, he made an in-ring promo with The Miz and R-Truth and then guest refereed the tag team match appearing again in Manchester on the 5th of November. That was such a fun tag team. I don't know why it would really go anywhere. Like, R-Truth has just kind of disappeared again. That was so entertaining. Mm. The our truth as a heel that was brilliant I never really watched it around this time this was when I'd just come out of uni I guess and I'd like forgotten about wrestling a bit and then I remembered about it like a couple of years later <laughs> <laughs> um, so Foley returned to Raw on the 14th of November 2011 which featured him presenting at This Is Your Life celebration for John Cena Oh, yeah, because he did one about for The Rock before, isn't it? It was, like, it was a rehash. Vince. 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 How dare you. Foley was a guest host on a live edition of SmackDown on the 29th of November. He appeared on Raw in January 2012 uh, to announce his intentions to participate in the Raw Rumble match in 2012. The next week, he also appeared wishing Zack Ryder good luck in his next match against Kane the next night. He did indeed participate in the 2012 Royal Rumble pay-per-view, where he entered as number seven and eliminated Justin Gabriel, Epico, and Primo, and eventually was eliminated by Cody Rhodes after six minutes and 34 seconds. This was Foley's last night as an active wrestler. Oh, so that's the last match he ever had. It was, it was his last night as an active wrestler. Okay. Like, I, I don't know what constitutes as, like, his last fight, because is he ever going to have a last fight? Oh, yeah, you I guess so. I mean? like... Like, but I guess that's his, like, official yeah. storyline last night. Um, Though between 2010 and 2012, he had various appearances on WWE. He was... Originally in 2012, in August, scheduled to have a match um, with the debuting Dean Ambrose at the SummerSlam, but the doctors could not medically clear him. So Foley announced his retirement from in-ring competition. So I guess that's what what he means about active wrestling. Like, he's not going to do any more, like, in-ring competition. That got really weird. Because there was stuff, like, on Twitter, and then people said it got, like, too personal. Did he say it got too personal? I can remember there's some, like, controversy around all of that. Before it got like cancelled. Yeah, I don't really. I haven't. I didn't go and peruse his Twitter. I would have done pre when I had Twitter, but yeah. um, now I don't have it anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're listening to this, McFoley, let us know. 
Imagine if you listen to this, that'd be sick. <laughs> <laughs> fact check it for us. Yeah, he's going to fact check all this shit. He's going to be like, nah, that never happened. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Hall of Fame and other appearances. So, 11th of January 2013, WWE.com announced that Foley would be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2013 by his longtime friend Terry Funk. The an- official announcement was made on the 20th anniversary of Raw on January 14th. At the February 26th taping of Sunday Morning Slam, which actually aired in March, but it was taped in February, Foley was named as the new general manager of the show. But he left in May 2013 when the show was cancelled. <laughs> he made a few more appearances and then in 2014, April 2014, Foley didn't re-sign his Legends contact with WWE. But he did, between 2014 and 2016, make like various cameos. Okay, Raw General Manager. This was 2016 to 2017. So, on the 18th of July episode of Raw, Foley was appointed by Steph McMahon as the General Manager of Raw. Foley had since, like, unveiled different new titles exclusive to the Raw brand, while also making, like, fair decisions in favour of the faces and occasionally disagreeing with Stephanie McMahon. One of Foley's first decisions as the general manager was pitting the feuding Seamus. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, Seamus? But that's just how (laughs) Seamus is spelled. Uh, Feuding Seamus and um, Cesaro. Cesaro? Oh, yeah, Cesaro. Yeah, Cesaro. Cesaro. Against one another for the best of seven series. Oh, yeah. You remember that? matches, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) then then becoming a tag tag team. So going into Clash of Champions, the duo were tied 3-3. At the Clash of Champions, both men would be counted out, resulting in a draw, and the best of seven series being declared a general. On the 13th of March 2017 episode of Raw, Stefan Fan forced Foley to fire a member of the Royal roster by the end of the night. Foley chose to fire Stephanie McMahon herself, which prompted <laughs> Triple H to come out and confront Foley. As I mentioned in the last episode, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H are married in real life. Yeah, yeah. Um, after being insulted and ordered to leave the ring, Foley instead attacked Triple H, stuffing a stinky snot sock into Triple H's mouth, um, <laughs> like kind of Mr. Socko, <laughs> before being lobo'd by McMahon. <laughs> Uh, Seth Rollins would then come out to aid Foley, only to be attacked by Triple H. On the 20th of March episode of Raw, Stephanie McMahon would fire Foley for his actions the previous week. The first few weeks later, Foley made an appearance at the WWE Hall of Fame Class 2017 ceremony. See, okay. I, I'm never that keen on like general managers, especially when it's a big pack, like personality. I feel it gets in the way, especially in the not a face, but general manager. Like the authority figure should always be like an antagonist or just business. The like guy they've got at the moment, like Adam <laughs> Pierce, He's actually like a legendary wrestler from like Ring of Honor. He was never really in WWE, but he's been brought on as like the general manager. He's doing a really good job just because he's not too obtrusive, but like he can go either way. Mm. He's just an authority figure. So now, like, he's kind of feuding with Ronda Rousey and it makes Ronda Rousey look like the kind of, like, badass rebel which gets her over the crowd while he's just, like, the kind of middle manager guy. He's doing a really good job. That's, like, what a general manager should be like. I agree. So, we've got to 2018 here. And 
he's had a sporadic appearances between 2018 and now, but only a couple. So on the 10th of September 2018, episode of Raw, Foley interrupted um, Elias with the announcement that in speaking with Stephanie McMahon regarding the upcoming 20th anniversary of the, his Hell in the Cell match with The Undertaker at the King of Ring that he would be appointed special guest referee the WWE Universal Championship match. At the event, Brock um, Lesnar would interfere would oh, interfere in the contest with Paul Heyman, spraying Foley in the eyes with pepper spray. As a result, the match was resulted in no contest. Following the show, a Mick Foley 20 Years of Hell special was aired on the <laughs> WWE Network, which I'm sure you can still find on the yeah, network. Yeah, absolutely out there. On the 20th of May, 2019 edition of Raw, Foley returned to unveil a new championship. He unveiled the 24-7 championship, announcing a scramble for the title. In July, he announced that he wanted to challenge Artern for the championship. However, that didn't occur due to um, being attacked by Bray Wyatt, now appearing as The Fiend on Raw. Mm. That's pretty much it for his... Wow, so that was it. His last appearance was being taken out by the fiend. As far as I know, yes. Who, However, who there could have been something WWE. that just I didn't appear in my research. I'm not claiming that I have put every single match <laughs> of Foley's into this research. However, this is not where I'm going to end because there's a lot more. Well, not a lot more. There's a bit more to talk about with Foley. So let's talk about his writing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Foley is a multi-New York Times best-selling author, particularly for his ongoing series of memoirs. <laughs> I'm talking ongoing. So between May and July in 99, he wrote his first autobiography without the aid of a ghostwriter. Um, it took up about 800 pages of longhand. He wrote mm. it by hand. <laughs> In the book, Have a Nice Day, A Tale of Blood and Sweat Socks was released on the 31st of October 99 and topped the New York Times um, non-fiction bestseller list for several weeks. The follow-up, Foley is Good uh, and The Real World is Faker Than Wrestling, was released on the 8th of May 2001. The third part of his autobiography, The Hardcore Diaries, was released in March 2007 and also spent time on the New York Times bestseller list. Foley's Countdown to Lockdown was released in October and 2010. Um, in, in September 2010, Joey Styles interviewed Foley on WWE.com, even though Foley was technically under contract with TNA at the time, um, and they spoke about his new book, while Michael Cole plugged the book in edition of Raw in September, and a piece was published by Foley in the state in Slate, of which portions were adapted <laughs> from Countdown. I have a feeling his books were published by WWE, weren't they? I, I don't actually know. I, I don't know whether there's like different editions and stuff. Yeah. Uh, WWE's promotion of a product released by an employee of a rival company was quite an unusual move and a welcome surprise for Foley. The he has since stated that he was delighted at the respect shown by his former employee. Um, in November 2010, Foley appeared on The Daily Show and off the record discussed the book and his charity work. Countdown to Lockdown became Foley's first memoir to not make the New York Times bestseller list. 
His fifth autobiography, Saint Mick, was released in October 2017. He's also written four children's books, Mick Foley's Halloween Hijinks, Mick Foley's Christmas Chaos, Tales from a Rescue Lane, and A Most Miserable with Z Christmas, mm-hmm. in addition to two novels, um, one called Teton Brown, a coming-of-age story, which was nominated actually for the W.H. Smith's People's Choice Award in 2004, mm-hmm. and... Um, Scooter, which was published in August 2005. He's also appeared in various TV shows and films as himself and as characters, uh, like Peanut Butter Falcon was quite recent. He was in that. Not as himself, but he was in it. But okay, personal life. As we mentioned before, Freddy is married. He married his wife Colette in 1992. So I guess happy... 30-year anniversary this year, Mick Foley and Colette (laughs) Foley's. The Foley's. And they have three sons and a daughter, Julie Francis, um, Noel, Margaret, Michael Francis, or Mickey Jr., and Huey Francis. They were born between 92 and Mm. 2003. No, I was going to go into wrestling, but I think she got injured, which is a shame. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about what they do now. So, oh, cool. uh, as of uh, June 2018, Julie uh, works WWE. Oh, yeah. Like you said, I think she was going to go into wrestling because yeah. she appeared on an episode of something. I don't know if I mentioned that, but she is now like a Instagram model. Mm. Um, and one of their sons, Mickey, is actually on the autism spectrum. Mm. Mickey and Huey operate their own YouTube channel, which is called Mickey Foley 01. I guess that's his birthday or maybe that's their birthdays something like that Mm. I don't know I wonder if I Foley himself occasionally appears in Mickey's videos including one parodying the 2012 LeBron James special the decision in which Foley teases announcing Al Snow as being his WWE Hall of Fame inductee before announcing his real inductee Terry Funk Foley is a longtime fan of women's professional wrestling and has campaigned for the equality with men, which is just so awesome and awesome. so important. Yeah. So important. Um, Foley is a supporter of the Stody Brock Seawolves college basketball team and frequently attends the home games. Uh, if you want to know what's happening over the pandemic, in January 2001, he got COVID, but he made a full recovery. So don't worry about no, it. Good times. So the last bit I'm going to talk about is... Something I just love about Foley, and that's his activism and his charity work. So, a lot of his charity work does revolve around children. He volunteered with Camp Adventure, helping kids coping with cancer, has participated in numerous Make-A-Wish Foundation events, and has made surprise visits to children's hospitals, and has visited schools and libraries to talk to children about the importance of education and reading. He sponsors several children with the Child Fund International, um, formerly the Christian Children's International Fund. Uh, sorry, formerly the Christian Children's Fund, a group that has been affiliated with since 1992. In recent years, he has become one of the fund's leading donors, helping fund childhood education centres in remote areas of the Philippines and Mexico, as well as four small community schools in the West African nation of Sierra Leone. After visiting Sierra Leone in November 2008, an experience he called one of the best experiences of my life, maybe the best. Foley committed to funding a larger primary school, which was completed in 2009. Hmm. 
He visited U- he has visited U.S. troops at various military bases and military hospitals. For several years, he visited wounded soldiers at Washington, D.C.-based military hospitals on almost a monthly basis, becoming known as a legend amongst her troops, according to the Washington Times. In 2008, um, Foley became involved with a rape, abuse, and incest national network, which is called RAIN. It's actually quite big in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, a group made by Tony Amos, um, well, co-founded by Tony Amos mm-hmm. in 94. I think Foley was like a big fan of Tony Amos's like music. Since then, he has worked as a volunteer on their online hotline, as well as a member of their National Leadership Council. During a 15-month period ending in 2011, Foley logged more than 550 hours talking to victims online. In the same month, Foley offered to mow... This is this is the best story about Foley, okay. He offered to mow anyone's lawn who donated at least $5,000 to the organization. (laughs) And he said, if you want to help survivors of sexual assault, you just want to see a big guy with long hair mowing your lawn in front of your friends, please take part. I really want to know if anybody actually did that. (laughs) If I had the spare $5,000, I would have totally had Mick Foley mow my lawn. Okay. Um, continue his campaign for the organization in May 2011 Foley auctioned off on eBay two famous items associated with his wrestling career his Cactus Jack lace-up leopard skin boots still embedded with 149 thumbtacks (laughs) (laughs) nice and the white shirt that he wore as Mankind during 1998's Hell in the Cell match I wonder how much money he made for them with those. (laughs) I bet a ton. An absolute ton. Definitely. Um, He is an outspoken supporter of the Democratic Party. In 2004, he um, argued the Democratic point of view in a WWE-sponsored debate against John Bradshaw Layfield, who spoke for the Republican side, and he was a massive contributor to Barack Obama's campaign for the US presidency in 2008. And that is why Mick Foley is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. (laughs) And if you've listened to this and you haven't listened to the first part, you're probably thoroughly confused. But you can still go and listen to the first part (laughs) and just do it backwards. It will still make some sense, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Some sense. So, what are you going to do with the rest of your long weekend? Because we're we're recording this um, just before a bank holiday. Oh yeah, so we've got Queenie's funeral tomorrow. Queen, the Queen. Oh yeah, we haven't talked about that. So since we recorded yeah. the last episode, um, Queen Elizabeth II um, passed away at the age of ninety-six. I was actually pretty sad about it. It's some, there's something like end of an eerie kind of going yeah. along. I would not join a twenty-four hour queue to no. see a coffin. Mode. I, yeah, Absolutely I, not. You are not getting me to stand outside in like, this cold weather to see a. a it's just a coffin as well. It's not like... Some things like... It's uh, kind of like... It's a moment in history, isn't it? So I kind of like... I was like, I wouldn't mind going, but yeah. I mean, yeah, at no, the beginning, it was like... It was like an eight-hour queue. Hours. I was like, that's that's long. That's still long. And then it's just increased. as a, and It was like 24 hours in the end. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Did you hear that David Beckham queued up? So there were some people I that did, have been yeah. like skipping the queue because they're like celebs. And then David Beckham stood for eight hours. And I'm like, that man is Good a man, man who wants a knighthood. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> he is on the hunt 
<laughs> he really wants one. You, you just know it. I was, I would, I said, um, how funny would it be if, <laughs> how funny would it be if he won a knighthood for like services to queuing instead of football? <laughs> services, services to being patient in we a queue. We do love a queue. That's the we thing. Do. That's the thing about the UK is we love to queue. Exactly. I reckon we'll just... I could start a queue right somewhere, yeah, yeah. just like in a shop, not like. You know, just randomly, and people would join it. They yeah, didn't yeah. even know what spontaneous, spontaneous, like I can't say that. Why can't I say that? Word? Spontaneous, spent, spontaneous, spontaneous queuing. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do best in this country. Yeah, what but, about um, number one, number one favorite things? But that's pretty sad as well. I mean, like everything seems to be like in chaos and flux at the moment. It was nice to have like a constant, and now that's gone. So it's just like. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, I like Charlie though, so I'm fine. Do you? Oh, oh dear, yeah. I mean, I like, he's know. pretty good. He's, he's good with like the environmental really stuff. Care. <laughs> I'm a bit of a royalist. I don't, I don't think we should. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't trust people enough to vote in like a head of state. We'll just have like President Boris or a banker. We just I mean, like, like going by like what this country's like built around. We just end up having like bankers as like heads of state which would be horrible i think that um i think that what's i gonna say yeah i think that having a monarchy isn't such a big deal some like i if i had to make a country like from scratch i wouldn't have a monarchy but yeah, i think that it's been embedded into our history for so many years yeah. i think if we just tried to get rid of it now we'd just like everything would just go up in flames yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. We'd we'd be like we don't know how to do it look look lost. what happened last time we tried not to have a king yeah, exactly yeah just like <laughs> didn't exactly basically well, someone didn't made it? themselves king anyway just made themselves yeah, a dictator he actually was king in fact speaking of which go listen to our <laughs> episode <laughs> on um charles and Oliver oh Cromwell. yeah oh yeah where yeah. fittingly i defend <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm a royalist. I'm like a left-wing royalist. Royalist. I don't know how that happened, but it happened. I mean, I'm not a royalist, but I'm also not a Republican. I'm just like in the middle somewhere. Yeah. I've got a post. I've got like a postcard of all the kings and queens above my desk, and now it's out of date. So that sucks. <laughs> we need to just get Charlie. It's fine. Just draw him in. <laughs> I can also do them all in order, but it's to a song, so now I have like the song will have to change. Oh yeah, yeah. Help histories. Can you update your song, please? <laughs> Thank you. Um. Okay, so we've got one more episode left of this series, which oh, is yeah. new identities, and after that, we're going to be doing either. Well, we're going to be doing one from the poll on Patreon. So. Um, if you want to go to Patreon, you can vote on the poll, which um, theme we should do for our next series. Yeah. And you can also follow us. You don't even have to subscribe to follow us on there. You can just follow us for free. Good times. And you can follow us on social media at Have You Ever Pod, where, I mean, like, we update it sometimes. <laughs> I'm doing too much from us, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. But what you um, really do is, is subscribe to this. Yes, subscribe and rate us uh, five stars if you have the time. It actually only takes like two seconds to put those little five stars on on iTunes. That would be really good. And tune in next time. Bye. Bye.